Welcome to Radio Plays, a podcast devoted to presenting exciting new plays from around the world. Each episode will bring brand new work off the page and straight to you, sharing the latest from both up-and-coming and veteran playwrights. In our first episodes this season, we'll present four short plays from Barris Swain's The Reflection Anthology. This week, we have My Heart Will Go On. When Ann B. reveals to her nephew the truth behind his unusual namesake, the two must confront family secrets, painful losses, and the troubles that come from being bound to the past. You slept here last night, Crane? Yes, am I changed the sheets on your bed. Thank you. Hung them on the line to dry. I think the thermal fuse overheated again. I had my mind set on buying some new patio furniture for next summer. Spruce up the lawn a bit. I might have to spend it on a dryer now. Uh-huh. I can contribute. There's no need, Crane. I got a plan. What kind of plan? A business plan. And don't you worry about it, son. Besides, Home Depot has a sale on Samsung dryers. Thirteen preset dry cycles. There's a model with a shoe drying rack, too. I'm not your son. I know. I brought you a clean shirt. It's time to get dressed. You know what today is. What happened to my green one? You left chewing gum in the breast pocket. Went through the wash cycle. <sighs> Keep making that face. It's going to freeze that way. Nothing to be alarmed about, Crane. I bagged your shirt in a Ziploc and put it in the freezer overnight. Rubbed it with an egg white this morning. Did you scrub it with white vinegar? Sure did. Stains good as gone. Same as last time and the time before that. And I was shy an egg white from my angel food cake, though. Used the yolk for some ham cups for breakfast. Added some fresh green pepper, too, from the garden. And they're baking now. Should be ready in... Uh... I'm not hungry. You gotta eat, Crane. Put some meat on your bones. It's an hour's ride to the cemetery. Two hours and then some round trip, depending on traffic. You should eat something first. And when we get home, I thought we'd celebrate... Celebrate? Yes, celebrate the occasion with a late lunch. Stuffed peppers, I was thinking, last of the season. And then I'll whisk up some lemon zest and citrus frosting for the cake. It's a Martha Stewart recipe. She calls it lemony angel food cake. I said I'm not hungry. But it's your favorite. And I invited Celine Dubrowski and her daddy over. Who? Celine Dubrowski. Works at the library. You know her, Crane. Only four years behind you in high school. Always has her nose in a book, too. You got a lot in common. Her daddy's picking her up at 3 o'clock after he finishes the door installation over on Walnut Avenue. Why? Well, on account of college loans, alimony payments, gas, food on the table. He has to moonlight on weekends now, like most of us. Bathroom renovations, that kind of thing. Splurged on a dress for Celine's graduation, though. I backstitched the hem with rhinestone trim. Earned more than two weeks' pay at the Soap and Suds. And Barney said she looked beautiful. Uh, radiant, actually. <laughs> Barney. Yeah, you heard me right. Barney Dubrowski. Known him my entire life. Was in the same junior Girl Scout troop as his wife, Charisse. Uh, Ex-wife. We called her Shortbread Charisse because she sold more boxes of Girl Scout cookies than anyone else in the county. Earned a couple badges with her, too. Pet care, yarn and fabric arts. I was proud of that one. Sewed it on my sash with red embroidery thread. Uh, first aid badge, food power. Why are they coming uh, over here, Aunt B? Oh, to join us for dessert. Well, we can't have a birthday party without guests, can we now? Happy birthday, Crane. Don't. Not talking about it won't change the fact. Look at me, Crane. I'm busy. You don't look busy. I'm reading, Aunt B. Uh-huh, see that. 
<sighs> this concrete is nice and cool, isn't it? Your granddaddy sealed the garage floor twice in 1984, I believe. I know it was an election year. So it's easy to clean, he said. <laughs> say, Crane, what did the mop say to the broom? <clears throat> what did the mop say to the broom, Crane? I don't know. I wish people would stop pushing us around. <laughs> and that's exactly what your grandmother said to him, too. She said, Norman, I wish you'd stop pushing us around, me and the girls. You and... Mm, your mama, mm-hmm. My Annie. Irish twins. That's what we were. And Annie, oh, she loved anything and everything Irish. Clover, St. Patrick's Day, rashers, that's brined pork loin, soda bread, the color green... She sat through the crying game three times. Starred Forrest Whitaker. Oh, he's from Texas. Oh, we saw him in Black Panther, remember? Mm-hmm. I remember the day Daddy left us for good, too. Got my learner's permit that afternoon. Parallel parking was my weakness. Took me three times to pass the road test. My sister's weakness was tall, brooding types, like you, Crane. Anyway, Mother gave him his walking papers, and, well, it was just three of us for a while. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. Oh, this floor is so cool, so refreshing. I wanted to coat it with epoxy paint, light green, my sister's favorite color. Still might. Sure might. Crane Johnson, I might as well be talking to the wall. Or your granddaddy, wherever he is. Didn't even come to your grandmother's funeral, the son of a... Gun. Buried her right next to your poor mama, too. May she rest in peace. Such a long, long time ago. Guess it's just as well. Thought your granddaddy might steal the roof from over our heads anyways. I'm grateful for that. Stole my mother's wedding band that Halloween and my babysitting money too. Just saved enough for a J.C. Penny shirt pattern with a ruffled stand-up collar and cuffs and a blouse with a detachable bow. <laughs> Shortbread Cherise had two of each. Crane! What is so interesting that you can't put your book down for a minute and have a conversation with me? He was tall, but exceedingly lank, with narrow shoulders, long arms and legs, hands that dangled a mile out of his sleeve, feet that might have served for shovels, and his whole frame hung most loosely together. Who's that? Ichabod Crane, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Remind you of anyone, Aunt B? No. No, I can't say that it does. His head was small and flat at the top with huge ears, large, green, glassy eyes. You have beautiful eyes, Crane, like your mother's. And a long, snipe nose so that it looked like a weathercock perched upon its spindle neck to tell which way the wind blew. A wind vane or a wind sock would be more suitable. That's all I can say. To see him striding along the profile of a hill on a windy day with his clothes bagging and fluttering about him, one might have mistaken him for the genius of famine descending upon the earth, or some scarecrow eloped from a cornfield. Did my daddy name me after Ichabod Crane? No. I think you're lying. I'm not lying, Crane. I don't know who your daddy is. Irish twins. Isn't that what you said? She would have told you I know my mama would have told you so. But she didn't. I swear on my sister's grave she didn't. You're lying. I swear on my mother's grave, too. It's the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. I don't know who your daddy is, Crane. I asked her. Several times I asked her. Okay, a thousand times I begged Annie to tell me who got her in trouble. But Annie wouldn't budge on the matter. Why? Ah. Uh... What? Because I have a big mouth, that's why. Those were your mama's exact words. 
Your granddaddy, he called it long-winded. And myself, I prefer loquacious. I looked it up in the Roger's thesaurus. I'm loquacious. Yeah, a loquacious liar. Do you want to repeat that? No, ma'am. Okay, let's, uh, let's start fresh. Clear the air once and for all. So, maybe, could be, I have a hunch. I knew it! Well, I have five hunches. Maybe six. Well, how's that, Aunt B? Because there were five or six tall brooding types in the senior class, that's how. I don't want to raise my voice to you. Not today, Crane. I could have been any one of them. Johnny Patterson? Uh, could be. Played on the Chester High basketball team, point guard. Go, Bobcats, go! Um, Nathan Meyer? Billy Bob Hanson? Owen Jackson? Owen's brother died in Operation Desert Storm. Such a shame. And then there was Bucky Sanders. Taller than the cornfield at Victory Farms in Franklin. Worked at the filling station after school. And he liked the smell of gasoline and hydrangeas. Oh, and Bucky's wife just had triplets. Can you imagine? I know Bucky Sanders. He replaced an air filter on my car last month. Man, I guess some things never change. Oh, but they do. Bucky owns the station now. Hung the deed in the window next to a photo of Janie, Joni, and Jeannie taking a bath. Hmm. Would you like me to run a bath for you, Crane? Might make you feel better. Better than what, Aunt B? Well, better than ever. After your mama died, no one stepped forward. No one stepped forward, son. I'm not your son! I know that! Don't you think I know that? Here, put your shirt on. We're going to pay our respects to your mother after you eat three ham cups, and that is not up for discussion. You know, do you really think you're the only one who's mourning today? Do you think you cornered the market on pain and, 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 and suffering and guilt? Well, grow up, Crane. You can't stay in one place the rest of your life, and certainly not in this garage, this, this shrine you built for your mother. Oh, you think I don't know about the candles hidden under the stairs and the pictures missing from my photo album? Or the hydrangeas that mysteriously disappear from my garden? You think I can't hear the floorboards creak when you tiptoe out here to spend the night with, with a ghost? It's not healthy. It's not. Your mother died here, Crane, but she didn't live here. And neither will you. Not for a night and not ever again. What are you talking about? I have a business plan. I've got some money tucked away. Your grandmother's life insurance for our future, Crane. Your future. And Barney, uh, Mr. Dabrowski, has been drawing up blueprints for the garage. A renovation that, um, that, while expensive, will give us the means to live a more comfortable life, I owe you that much, when I convert this place into an apartment. A rental unit. It's a win-win, Crane. There wasn't a good time to tell you. It's 26 years ago today since your mama passed. Passed? Died? Since Annie died, then. You mean since I killed her? Well... Call a spade a spade, Aunt B. I killed my mother. I don't think you'll ever forgive me for that. Raising a cold-blooded killer since you were, what, 17? And a half. 17 and a half. Ten months younger than your mama. It was an honor. A privilege, for sure. And I don't like the way you're talking, Crane Johnson. Besides, you got it all wrong. All wrong. That's not what happened. Then set me straight. Uh, I don't recall the details. Right. You can remember the birthdays of everyone in your junior Girl Scout troop and their zodiac signs, but you can't recall what happened on the day I was born, the day my mother drew her last breath. Uh, 
That's a fair um, argument. I'm not arguing with you. I'm begging you to tell me what happened that day. Night. Excuse me. It was nighttime, Crane. A still, hot September night. September 16th. 1993. Yep, that's right. Go on. Well, let's see. Annie's due date was two weeks out. Uh, You were expected on the last day of the month. A Libra. Like Oscar Wilde, Annie said. He was Irish. Wrote the picture of Dorian Gray. It was required reading in our junior year. You know it? Uh Uh-huh. Well, I remember hearing a cat out back. Misty, howling and moaning and making a general racket. Couldn't hear the Katie did singing or the washing machine whirring. I remember that, too. Your grandma was in the basement doing laundry like she always did on Thursday nights. I think she savored it, the alone time. Like you, Crane. My Annie... She was sitting in the living room since dinner time, holding court. Rub my feet, Mama. B, can you get me a glass of iced tea? She did look more peaked than usual. I, I noticed that. Her pale skin and clammy face. Mother brought the fan from our bedroom to cool off the room before heading downstairs. School had just started, too. I got a B- minus on my first pop quiz in social studies. And that morning, the senior chorus list was announced. I made second soprano. Oh, I was so pleased. Audition with Winona Judd's No One Else on Earth. I only forgot the lyrics once. I couldn't wait to tell Annie and Mama. I couldn't wait. Um, so I guess I was sulking, too, that night. No one as much as blinked when I told them the news. Distant is the word I'm looking for. So I finished my homework and joined Annie in the living room to watch TV just as Mother started a second load of laundry. It was 8.30 on the dot. I know that because I missed Matlock at 8 o'clock. It was a repeat anyway, and Annie wanted to watch a new show called Frasier. Season 1, Episode 1. Ever seen it? Rings a bell, but I don't think so. Meanwhile, Annie had taken over the easy chair, and she moved the fan so that it was blowing directly at her. So I sat on the couch sweating bullets and worked on a baby quilt while the show played. (laughs) Even when my sister started laughing out loud, a sound I hadn't heard in weeks, I sat there seething. Seething and sweating. And the harder she laughed, the more sullen I got. And then... Crane, are you sure you want to hear this? Yes. So a commercial came on. McDonald's, if I'm not mistaken. Annie left the room. A trip to the bathroom, I guessed. And when she got back, she was paler than ever and wore a startled look on her face. I thought she was surprised that I'd claimed her seat on the easy chair. It was so selfish. Heartless, I suppose. I didn't know that her water had broken. I didn't know. Well, anyways, when the show ended, I went back to our bedroom to look for my pink and shears. And all the while I searched, the closet, the wardrobe that we shared, even under Annie's mattress, I could hear Misty again, screaming and yowling and carrying on. The next thing I knew, Mother was grabbing me. She dragged me to the living room where Annie was screaming and yowling and holding her belly. And... Things happened fast after that. I called the volunteer first aid squad, about 15 miles from home. The nearest hospital was closer, not by much, though. And somehow we got Annie out the back door. Figured we'd drive her to the emergency room. Thought it might be faster. Only that didn't happen either. Annie transitioned and went into full-blown labor as Mother pulled the car out of the garage. When I lay her on the floor, this cool garage floor... She stopped flailing. And for the next, well, it felt like ten hours, but it must have been ten minutes. She did her job. 
And it pushed and pushed and strained and pushed until, well, I thought your head was crowning. Only I thought wrong. It was your hindsight. The bleeding started before Annie's final contraction, and you arrived, bottom first, a breech birth, folded in half like the $5 bill I always kept in my wallet in case of an emergency. And I remember thinking, it flashed across my mind, something my daddy said to me once, that paper money can be double-folded 4,000 times before the bill tears. And that comforted me. I knew you'd be fine. I've heard enough, Aunt Bea. Your grandmother stood frozen at the hood of the car, weeping for all of us. And I, I placed you on your mama's chest. She looked at you in pure awe, sweet wonder. And then she looked at me and whispered. She said, I want to name my son Crane. By then, the blood had soaked into her dress and started spreading across the floor. Yep, 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 yep. So I ran into the house for my pink and shears. I thought I'd cut the umbilical cord or maybe stop the bleeding. I, I don't know. I was 17 years old. When I got back to the garage, Annie was already gone. She died alone, Crane. And it's a burden that I'll carry for the rest of my life. You don't need to, Wimpy. Mama wasn't alone. I was with her. I was there. Well, if you don't mind, then I think I'm a blubber for a minute or so. <sighs> I'm sorry, Crane. I know. Uh, I, uh, I, what is it, Aunt B? Just spit it out. You've never seen Frasier, right? No, no, I'm not a fan of sitcoms. Well, see, it was already in its sixth season when I watched it for my second time. Still on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, though. Still laundry night as well. And you just started kindergarten. The tallest five-year-old in the class. Taller than most six, seven, and a couple of eight-year-olds, too. Okay, that's a little white lie. Anyways, I finished the laundry and turned on the TV. Your grandmother was resting upstairs. She never recovered after Annie left us. And I wasn't surprised, sad, but not surprised, when my mother left us, too, just a couple months later. I remember her, vaguely. I think your mama meant to name you Frasier after Frasier Crane. He was the lead character on the Frasier show, and, and well, I might have been mistaken. I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> I, I forgive you, Ambie. Thank you. <laughs> it was a long time ago, my birthday boy. I'm a man now, Ambie. So you are. And I got some advice for you today, Crane Johnson. Do not, under any circumstance, do not ask Celine if she was named after Celine Dion. <laughs> Why? Because she was named after Celine Dion. Like hundreds of baby <laughs> girls from here to Lake Michigan after Titanic opened. Shortbread Cherie sat through that picture show three times between Christmas and New Year's. That was in 1997, uh-huh. And she sang that theme song on every birthday, every anniversary, and every Valentine's Day since then, too. Until Barney served her with divorce papers after catching her cheating with a long-haul driver. Maybe four, uh, could be five years ago. <laughs> I'm surprised there's still an item since he's on the road most of the time. And get this, his handle is not crawler. 
<laughs> I bet shortbread Cherie sings to that wiggler now, too. Near, far, wherever you are, I believe that the heart does go on. <laughs> and B, were you really a second soprano in the senior chorus? Or is that a little white lie, too? <laughs> I would never lie to you, Crane. You may not be my son. Don't interrupt now. But you are the earth, the moon, and the stars to me. No, I would never lie to you. Uh-huh. So are you sweet on Barney Dubrowski? I think so. Yep. That I am. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe I better run that warm bath for you, Amby. Oh, never you mind. But you can fetch my pumps from the top of my closet. I think they're behind a basket of yarn scraps. I know. I'm on it. Hey, turn the oven off too, please. I'll be right there. Thanks again for listening to Radio Plays. If you like what you heard and are interested in helping us share more amazing new works, check out our Patreon page where you can donate and even become a season sponsor. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Radio Plays. My Heart Will Go On was written by Barry Swain and directed by Clay Brackney Wonderlier. The cast features Biz Lyons as B and Sean M. Dale as Crane. Sound design and editing by Rebecca Varghese.